vision together. We welcome you that are online. We thank God for you. All right. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the word of God, and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Amen. Amen. We thank God for this time together. I don't know about you, but I'm always glad. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so I'm always excited for another opportunity to worship the Lord with like-minded believers. And I just want to remind you of a verse of scripture this morning that says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons are not carnal. And I want to remind you on this morning that worship is a weapon. And so we're going to use the weapon of worship this morning. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're going through, what you're facing. I want to remind you of someone in the word that used worship as a weapon. Job, when he lost everything, the Bible said he fell on his face and he worshiped the Lord. We haven't lost everything, thanks be to God, but you may have lost something. You may have lost a job. You may have lost a friend, a home, a spouse, but let's choose worship this morning because worship is about him. It's not about what's going on in our lives, what's going on around us. It's about him. Make worship all about him. So if you could just close your eyes and close your mind this morning, whatever helps you focus on him. Oh, glory be to God. Don't worry about the person to your right or your left. Just think about him this morning. Oh, God, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, God, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, God, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, God, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, and I feel the need to say this this morning. Worship is not about who's in the building and who's not in the building. We don't base our worship about if it's filled in this house this morning because we should be worshiping at home. And so don't think about who's here and who's not here. Let's put our minds on the Lord and let's choose the weapon of worship this morning. Amen. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees, with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I
If you get with him, you may be going through some things. He'll show you how to come out of it. He'll show you how to have victory in it. My victory is in Jesus' name. Okay, we sing that, we say that, but are we truly walking in the victory in his name? I don't know about you, but I'm singing loud today. You say, oh, she must be real spiritual. She sings loud and praises. No, I know about the battles that people in this church are fighting. You don't know them. I know them. I know why this church is empty today. I know why. Because people are fighting the battles on their own. Hello. They're not giving it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Take it to him. I was talking to Miss Nancy this morning. God's just stirring in me that we need to be doers of the word in this season. It's okay to sing this song and shout it out in church and shout it out at home. But it's time for us to live this word. It's time for us to walk in the knowledge of what we've got all these years. Because if we don't, we will live a defeated life until Jesus comes. It will be hard. It will be difficult. We won't win and overcome the challenges. But if we'll put this word in our hearts, because this comes from the word of God. <laughs> My victories in Jesus' name. to that which we believe. Action to that which we believe. And that's strong in my heart because it's for me and I know it's for you. Maria, what do you believe? Because you'll take steps on what you truly believe. If you're not taking those steps, it's time for you to sit down and ask yourself, do I believe him or don't I? Do I believe the word or don't I? Because my actions are going to show that loud and clear for the world to see. That's the only way. That's the only way you're going to know what you believe. When the storms come, are you still standing? Or are you down there in the bottom of the ship in fetal position? Because if that's how you want to go out, God's going to let you do that. God's going to honor you and let you make up your own mind. You want to be down at the bottom of the boat in fetal position when I come? Be there. I have mercy, but you'll have some learning to do when you get to heaven. But that is not his best. That is not his best. And as his church, I want 
his best. Don't you want his best? I want all that he has for me. And we're going out strong. The church of God is an army <laughs> that cannot be stopped. A mighty moving force on this earth that cannot be stopped. Amen. Glory to God. Do you believe that? <laughs> so let's act like it. Amen. Let's act like it. Let's not give the devil any more space in our lives. Let's not let him take any more opportunities. Devil, you don't have no more opportunities. No more. <laughs> no more. Gene had some opportunities. I'm not trying to embarrass you. You know that. Gene had some opportunities. But about a year ago. Right? Yeah, just about. Had opportunity, but guess what? She didn't take it. She stayed connected to the family. And that was a big opportunity she had to quit. But she stayed connected to the family, connected to Jesus, connected to his word. She started doing his word, continued in his word. Look, she's standing in victory today. Has it been easy, Jean? Probably not so much, right? It's not easy. But she's here this morning, standing by the grace of God and has victory in Jesus' name. Every day, we walk out that victory. Every day, we walk it out. Every day, we walk it out. Every single day, we have to walk it out. Because I'm telling you, the devil will not relax. He will not relent. He will not stop. Because he knows his day is coming. And it's upon us very soon. Very soon. I'm excited. I can't wait for the day when God takes care of him once and for all. I cannot wait to see his demise because I've seen what he's done to people who love God. I've seen how they've allowed him to take them. I've seen it. And I hate him. I hate the devil. And I don't use that word a lot. I hate the devil and what he does. And so I can't wait for the day. I'll be the first, I'll be up in the front. Jesus, can I get a front row seat? I'm short, so I need to see this. <laughs> you can stand in the back, all you tall people. <laughs> but I want a front row seat to his going to hell party. <laughs> I want a front row seat to see him destroyed. Because he's destroyed so many lives. So many lives. He's just looking for the opportunity. But we're not giving him that opportunity. Amen? We're going all the way with Jesus. <laughs> Are you going all the way with Jesus? Yes. Are you going to have victory until he comes? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on and be seated for just for a few minutes. We're going to take communion this morning. You can stay there. Uh, let's sing, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to take communion this morning as a family. And let's just sing the song. Someone, someone really got a revelation of the blood of Jesus. The only words they could say is, oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood <laughs> of Jesus. It, you can see it. Whew, got to them. Hallelujah. So let's sing that this morning. Oh, the blood of Jesus.
prosper and that we be in health even as our soul prospers. And this morning, I think sometimes we fail to realize how deep the power of the blood runs. Andrew Murray said this, he said, all of the glorious things that the blood means, this is one of the most glorious. His blood is the sign, the measure, yes, the impartation of his blood. The blood of Jesus. God is love. And the greatest expression of his love toward you and I is the blood of Jesus. That love covers every need that we have had or will ever have. Hallelujah. We talked a little bit about this online when, uh, for morning prayer this week. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 39 in the message, here's what it says. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely give and do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with the one of God's chosen? So who would dare even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. <laughs> Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way, no trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate us. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. You've been embraced by Jesus. <laughs> the blood made all of this possible. His love through the blood created a barrier between you and all of the works of the devil. Did you hear that? The blood through his love, his love through the blood, created a barrier between you and all the works of the devil. Nothing can come between you and the Father, <laughs> unless you let it. Glory to God. Now, if not for his body being beaten and bruised, blood would have never flowed. And so we appreciate the broken body and the blood of Jesus. The blood has settled the matter of sin. It settled the matter of sickness. And it settled the matter of spiritual death. And we are going to settle something here this morning as we take communion together. We said the greatest expression of God's love towards us is the blood of Jesus. God's love is in us. He loves us and he's put his love 
in us. In 1 John 4, 18, in the message, it says, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day our standing in the world listen to this is identical with christ's glory to god glory to god we need a revelation of that there is no room in love for fear it goes on to say well-formed or mature love banishes fear since fear is crippling a fearful life fear of death fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love faith in God is powerful and fear is also powerful we have heard that fear brings torment confusion shame, self-doubt, self-sabotage, disorders, worry, anxiety. It will stop us from moving forward. It will make us downgrade or bury our dreams. That's what fear will do. But do you know that research also shows that fear will weaken our immune system. It will cause cardiovascular damage, gastrointestinal problems, such as ulcers and IBS and decreased fertility it can lead to accelerated aging and even premature death fear fear it will run and ruin your life if you will let it but we just read in first John chapter 4 verse 18 that we when we let it have the run of this house our person when we let it have the run, that eradicates and drives out fear. It casts it out. And so love is the key. <laughs> love is the key. Glory to God. And only the love of God can do this. And so this morning I want us to take just a few minutes here and take the opportunity to take some inventory and to see where fear has been stopping us to see where it's been causing us to maybe bury our dreams or causing us physical situations maybe our health we're being deprived of health because of fear or maybe there's shame involved or maybe self-sabotage when we step out and we do something we always remind ourselves of who we were instead of who we are because we all were somebody. Everybody. Everybody were somebody. <laughs> We've all done some stuff. But that's no longer who we are. We are. We are overcomers. We are blood-bought, spirit-filled, chosen, appointed, set apart for such a time as this. We are new creations created in Christ Jesus. The old me is gone and buried. Hallelujah, glory to God. I am not that girl anymore. I thank you, but I gotta keep reminding myself of that because every time I wanna step out to do something new, those thoughts will come into my mind and say, uh-uh, who do you think you are? By what authority do you think you have to do that? 
Well, Jesus has given me the authority, and he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> take that, devil. Take that, devil. So let's take inventory this morning. And, and, and fear can be subtle, so you may not realize that it's fear. But everything that's not of God, it's faith in reverse, remember. We have faith in the word of God. But you have faith in the power of that thing, too. And so it's fear. Faith is fear in reverse. So let's take care of it. You can get rid of it. Some people say a little fear is good. <laughs> we don't need that kind of fear, the, the kind of fear that stops us. Amen? We don't want the fear that stops us from moving forward with God. Hallelujah. That's the kind of fear we're talking about this morning. Father, we just ask, Holy Spirit, you are here with us. Help us. As we take just a moment to take inventory, show us those areas where we've been allowing fear to move us or to stop us from moving. Show us those areas where fear has come in and settled in our hearts. And this morning, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to release that and, and turn it over to Jesus. You said to cast all of the cares, all of the worries, anxiety, all of that on you because you care for us. And so while we partake of communion this morning, we're going to just settle this matter of fear and we're going to get rid of it. We're going to ensure that it's not running and ruining our lives in any way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Show us, Holy Spirit. Okay. Let's take our covenant meal together and let's keep this in our hearts. Jesus died so we can be free from fear. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. So in, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four 24, it says, And he gave thanks, and he distributed it to the disciples. And he said, Take, eat, your fill. It is my body, which is given for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for the broken body of Jesus. You were broken, you were beaten, you were bruised. You took it all upon yourself. You took it on you. So that way we can live a life of he a healed life, a free life. And so we receive that today. We receive a fear-free life in Jesus' name, a healed life. We receive it right now in the name of Jesus as we partake of this bread today. Go ahead and partake. Give him thanks for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then verse 25, it says, he did the same thing with the cup and wine after supper and said this cup seals the new covenant with my blood drink it and whatever you drink this whenever you drink this do it to remember me whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you are retelling the story proclaiming our lord's death until he comes father we thank you for the blood we thank you for the provision that's been made because of the blood we sang this morning that the battle belongs to you and that we fight our battles with praise on our tongue. And so, Father, we just thank you that you took care of it all for us. And so in our moments of praise and in our moments of worship, we're telling you that we're releasing the care of all of it to you and we're praising you ahead of time. We're seeing the battle as one just as you see it. And so, Holy Spirit, you're revealing to us how to get through this particular battle that we may be facing. And so we receive 
your wisdom. We receive your direction. We receive your understanding. And we get rid of fear. Whatever you tell us to do, you've empowered us to do. And so we can move forward without any reservation, hesitation, or fear in Jesus' name. Fear, you no longer have a place in our lives in the name of Jesus. And we settle this matter with the blood of Jesus this morning. Receive it in thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Now come on and stand with me and let's declare that again. Oh, the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is thanksgiving to him. Oh, the love of Jesus. Good morning, family. Are you ready to give? Uh, there was a good word for from Pastor Maria. Amen. Uh, do you guys remember Pastor Gary Keys? Yes. So I uh, I got one word that he said uh, from his teaching that we were following. He said. Uh, uh, living in debt is living in incomplete lifestyle. You guys agree? Did Jesus die so we can be incomplete? No. We should not have the surviving mentality, but we must have the thriving mentality. Amen? I look up the word thrive 
it simply means to prosper, advance, or to flourish. And we heard that word from uh, Pastor Marie, flourish, that the Holy Spirit gave it to her for the new year, 2022. For the people of God need to flourish in everything, amen? One of my favorite one that Pastor ha uh, Gary Keyes says, it says, because uh, I do enjoy uh, fishing, and that kind of like stuck with me a little bit. He says, I'm not going to catch the fish. I receive the fish. <laughs> you, are not, you are not looking for it, but you already, God already provided to you. Amen? This is the one question we have to ask ourselves. Are we being fully persuaded or convinced by what God says? Do you really, do you rather invest in the kingdom of God or in the stock market? There's nothing wrong with stock market. Some people still doing it. <laughs> God first, amen. <laughs> when you invest in the kingdom of God, we see the double portion, the overflow more than enough. Overabundance, amen? Remember what I said before, tithing is different from offering. Tithing is, the, is God's 10% of our income, and it is our protection plan of the 90 that we have left. But for the offering, is anything above and beyond our tithing, our investment in the kingdom of God, Amen? Ecclesiastics 11.4. It says, if you, if you wait until the wind and the weather are just right, you will never plant anything and never harvest anything. Are you waiting for the perfect weather to start having a plan for your finances? Are you watching every cloud before you start showing your, sowing your seed you will never have a harvest. You will never have abundance. But God's word is, is now. Receive it now. And do what he says. Let the work do the work. Amen? Proverbs 22, 7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. For how long are we going to take what's rightfully ours. It's not going to fall into our hands. We're going to have to reach out and get what God has already provided to us. Amen? Job 8, 7. All the wealth you lost will be nothing compared with what God will give you then. Because of our disobedience, we have give the enemy the right to steal from us. But God, God says, when you obey me, all that you lost will be nothing compared with what I'll give it to you. And we thank you all for your faithful giving towards our roof and our, and our goal of 400 a week. You can see the numbers there. Yeah. We do not have to give, we get to give, amen?
Now please let's stand and do our offering profession. Because we are tithed, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sourced, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commission, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, land, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing to our hands great big seed and moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvest angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please come to the front and release your tithes and offerings to the Lord. Now I'll hand it over to Pastor Marie. She'll be praying for the offering and tithing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate that. I love the word. Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He, he receives the fish. He doesn't go fishing. He receives the fish. Did you get that? <laughs> I receive my dress on sale when I go shopping. Amen. I ain't going shopping. I receive my dress. <laughs> And my shoes. All right. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and praise for your word. And this morning, we're working the word. As we sow, we're working the word. And we're obeying your word. And so we don't have to do this. We get to do it. We're honored to do it. Thank you for the opportunity to partner with you today. And so, Father, I thank you that you stretch this. You multiply it. Just as you did the five loaves and two fish, I thank you that you multiply this beyond our imagination. We thank you, Father, for everything that will be accomplished because of the seeds that have been sown. And we thank you, Father, that you are blessing every family represented both here and online this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Do you believe that? Glory. Are we ready to play that video, Ivan? All right, we have a little video for you to watch this morning, and then I'll tell you more about it. <laughs> The joy of seeing a child open the boxes for the first time is just, it's incredible. We are so excited. Many of the children receive the shoe boxes for the first time in their life. We pray that these boxes will be used to bring a lot of happiness and joy, but more importantly, the gospel to each part, all these little children around the world. No greater need and no greater time than right now for us to go out and serve boldly. This is what these shoe boxes are all about, to go out and to bring a hope of Jesus Christ around the world. I'm just so amazed at what God does each and every year. 
This is an opportunity to impact the lives of millions of children, just like you've seen. But we need more boxes for next year. Every box is an opportunity for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you, and God bless each and every one. You ready to be a part of that? Okay. This is going to be our impact for Christmas time for this year. Uh, next year, we're going to do it a little different. But this year, we found out. It's not that we found out about it. We've known about it, but I was led to do it this year. And uh, it just so happens collection week starts tomorrow and runs through the 22nd. How good is God? We get to participate. We didn't find out about it too late. We found out about it just in time, and God connected us with a gentleman who is over all of this area who lives right here in Somerset. So he bought us 50. We thought we were going to have to get our own shoe boxes and do that. Nope. He bought us actually 100 boxes, and so we can start doing that as a church family. So let me tell you, uh, on the back table before you leave today, you can pick up one of these, and it has this in it as well. We're going to collect from the 15th to the 22nd. On the 21st, which is a Sunday, I believe, you can bring your box or boxes. I'd love to do 50 boxes for this church. I, I'm, I'm okay if we do under that. It's our first year. They're like happy if we give them 10 <laughs> for this area. And so whatever we do, it's going to be a blessing. And so you can pick up on the table uh, one of these brochures. You start collecting. Uh, this week, you go to the store, have your kids, those who have children. This is a good learning opportunity for them. And so get them involved. What toy would you like? Okay, good. We're giving that to this individual. That's what we're going to give. And so get your kids involved. There is a, a sheet on the table that has suggestions of what to put in the box for ages 2 to 4. And it breaks it down, boy, girl, all the way up to 14. That's the ages for this, 2 to 14. So you would just go shopping, then you would fill the little box there, and it tells you there's like a wow item, and then there's like school item, different things. Uh, and then before you close your box, there's a little uh, thing here you could rip off, and we, they ask for a $9 donation. That $9 donation uh, pays for the freight. Uh, some of the trucks that do it, they... Uh, they uh, don't do it for free, and so it helps to pay for them, for some of their, uh, the people that work for them. And also, in other countries, let's be honest, including the U.S., bribes, because they will not let you have your stuff unless you pay them. <laughs> and so that's what they're dealing with. And so that $9 helps with that. So each box you do, you just tear this off. You can go, this is what I like. I put this in each one because you can go online, and you do your $9 donation, and then this label activates, and you can track your box. You could see who ends up, what country it ends up in. You could track it. This might be fun for the kids to do. So for each box, you go online, you do $9, then you take this off, put it on the box. Uh, and it tells you exactly what to do. And then the kids could track the box. I wonder who got my box this year. And so I think that would be a fun thing. Also, I printed down a coloring page there, and it says, like, my name is, the kids could fill that in. I live in what state they live in. They put a picture of them on there. This is my house and my family. And then it says, do you want to write me? Here's my address. And so they can have, like, let's be, it's called Let's Be Friends. And so it gives one more element that maybe won't just be on Christmas time, but it can even go through the year. Maybe your friend, your son or your daughter has a friend in like, you know, Asia somewhere. I think that's pretty cool. They're very good. This is a ministry. It's very organized. Uh, the integrity of this, you know your stuff is going. Some people pack their boxes light. 
When you pack your boxes like, they'll fill it when it gets to the processing center. The guy has witnessed it that I talked to yesterday. He said there were some boxes that, you know, don't have as much. Or sometimes people put items that can't be in there. Uh, they, we can't put candy in there anymore because the Department of, uh, the Department of Agriculture said that's ag agricultural and we'll have to charge you taxes on it. And so this is the way they got them. So no candy, no toothpaste, uh, some liquids and things. So if you put them in there by accident, they're going to pull them out, but they're going to replace them with something else that people have donated. So... They will take care of it. So this is going to start again till the 20. You have till the 21st to bring uh, all of your boxes in. We'll have the boxes out there after service. You can grab as many as you think you want to do. If you want to do one for a boy, a girl. 21st of this month. Yes, November. It runs from November 15th to November the 22nd. So on the 22nd, we're going to deliver the boxes to a church in Swansea, who is the drop-off center, and then they will take it to the processing center. Okay. Excited about that. All right. Okay. Now I have some other good news to share with you as well. So uh, fixing the money thing, our financial revolution. Uh, we have our church impact report that I want to share with you this morning. Now this is the report of the families that they met with. You can go to the next slide. So this is the families that they met with. You could see the team met with 26 households in this church and they presented plans for 22 of them. They didn't do it for everyone because not everyone needed a plan. So 22 of them. They saved a total of 14388 per month, which is an average of $654 per household per month. That was when he went us and had us through. We had some subscriptions for things. I mean, we had things we're like, oh, maybe we're not going to the gym this year or next year. So, you know, things like that. They make you look through those things and find those nuggets that you could say. So we did some savings. And then the plans also show a total of $770,325 in interest payments, which is an average of $35,000 per household that we saved paying off our mortgages and things early. And then you see that last one, the average time for each household to be completely out of debt, including mortgages, almost seven years, 6.99 years. These are people, we have a 30-year mortgage. We have a very significant mortgage. And so, but in 6.99 years, that is what we are looking at collectively as a church, as a church. It was an amazing uh, opportunity for us. It was very eye-opening. And so they're coming back. They will be here. Mindy and Steve Higgins will be here on the 20th of this month. They will be here on November 20th. There is a sign-up sheet on that back table. It's all day on that Saturday. It runs from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. You can meet with them. They will have the plans that day for you instead of having you come back another day. They're going to do it all in one day. So if you would like to get involved in that and to say, listen, let me let them look through my finances, see what we got. They save money. They'll help. They give you ideas for different things. It really is just nice to just sit and see what it's all about. And so you can sign up on that sheet. Also, uh, Mr. Eric has joined FFG. He's going to be working for them and Laura Banks as well. 
And so he said, if anyone has a desire to make just even part-time money or just here and there, uh, you can do so if you're interested. He's going to have an interest meeting at 8 p.m. on that Saturday. At the end of the day, he will have a meeting for anybody who wants to work. I mean, he was telling us, you know, of like a 1099 for an individual who worked like four hours and was like $20,000. I'm like, what? How do you make that much money in that little time? There's money to be made. And so uh, if you are interested in working for it, you work from home, you work from anywhere. And so uh, they do have stipulations. You're not going to quit your job right away and do it. That's not how this works. Uh, and so they have ways that they do it. If you are interested in doing that, he will also be able to talk to you about that. If you had a plan and you need to, you know, maybe renew it, maybe you're not sticking to it so you're a little behind and you want him to just look at it and fix it, you can also sign up to meet with him. Just put there beside it, have a plan but need some help, something like that so he knows. If you have friends or family that you would like them to meet uh, with them, that now that you know what to say, uh, and, and, you know, this is what's going to happen, they're just going to, it's very general information they need from you. And so then when you get further into it, if you want to give more information, if you want life insurance, if you want annuities, if you want those kind of things, they'll help you with that as well, investments and stuff. And so uh, I highly recommend that you sign up if you haven't, and you can be a part of this number. I think this is outstanding. This is outstanding. Amen? Glory to God. All right. I think that's it for the announcements this morning. I just wanted to thank each of you uh, for all the gifts, the cards, the kind words, the texts, the phone calls. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Pastor Appreciation Month uh, and last Sunday, I totally appreciate that. Um, sometimes words fail. Uh, when it comes to thanking you, but I really appreciate you. I really do, and I give thanks uh, to God for you on a daily basis. Uh, like Eric said, my love language is uh, seeing people together, community. That's my love language, is spending time with people and just seeing people here and seeing, hearing, oh, I reached out to so-and-so, or I took so-and-so to dinner, or I went to lunch, or I went, just hearing people get together. That strengthens me and that is my love language because I love spending time with people and so that's really how that's my love language but I appreciate all the other gifts and things too I really do and I thank you for those who came on Sunday thank you Mike and Christina for facilitating and coordinating the trunk or treat we appreciate you they go over and above you have no idea what they do they go over and above and so we appreciate you both. The kids had a wonderful time. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. The weather was nice. <laughs> so it was a good time. And we look forward to doing it again soon. And I, that's what I love, to see when people come. You know what I mean? Like, you're just there. And all the volunteers, you know, everybody who s did the cars or gave candy or put the candy together or just anything, just to get involved. Because it's not, it doesn't just have an impact here. It just impacts throughout eternity. It, we're making an eternal impact. You never know, you know, when someone, that we put tracks in those things. You never know when the kids are going through their candy. You never know. You never know what can impact people. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I've been talking to someone and something that they said to me, uh, they don't come to this church, but something that they said to me that drew them to us online is we started using the hashtag. This is how simple it is. It's a family thing. And those words, because this individual grew up in the system and never had a family. And so to her, that drew her in because, oh, it's a family thing. 
yeah, it's a family, and I need a family. So you never know. God gives you little things. You don't know what the impact is on somebody else. And so we thank God for that. Amen? We'll get started with our series, the part 13. <laughs> We're going to 15, and that's it. We're going to 15. This is the longest series I've ever done. And so uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. We'll start on this. We'll continue it. I know we don't have much time. We'll continue it next week. But uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. <laughs> if you've missed any of the series, you could go online and you can watch it on our Facebook page, on our website, or on YouTube. Our handle is FHFCMA for Massachusetts. And so... Uh, you can go back and watch it. Uh, who wants to read our verse? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 11. Do I have a volunteer? <laughs> We've got, they'll put it up on the screen for you if it makes it easy. Come on, Miss Britt. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. You can read it on the screen. All right. It's up. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom, to another the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge, and to another the same Spirit gives the gift of faith, and to another the same Spirit gives gifts of healing, and to another the power to work miracles, and to another the gift of prophecy, and to another the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking, and to another the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues, and to another the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah. So we read it in a different translation this morning. I like that translation. That's the passion. I love it. So it's as he wills. So those are the nine gifts of the spirit. Those are as he wills. And we're talking about the category of gifts called the power gifts. This is the category of gifts that do something. The gifts of power are the gift of faith, which we've talked about, the working of miracles, which we are talking about today, and the gifts of healings. That's how it was originally translated, gifts of healings. You saw in the Passion, it just says gift of healing, and that is not the original translation, it's plural. And so uh, today we're going to talk about the working of miracles, which uh, she read there in verse 10. In the Greek, the text actually says the operation of powers. That's what it says when it talks about the working of miracles. Paul described a divine operation of supernatural power that overrides natural laws and quickly does what is naturally impossible. That's what the working of miracles is. The divine operation of supernatural power that overrides natural laws and quickly does what is naturally impossible. God supernaturally intervenes in the ordinary course of nature or suspends the accustomed order temporarily. That's what the working of miracles is. That's what it is. We looked at the gift of faith a couple weeks ago and we said that the gift of faith is God working 
on our behalf, but independent of us. We're receiving something from him. And we saw examples of that where they did nothing except say, you know, whatever God said, just receive. And they received it. Elijah, when the birds came and the raven came and fed him. He didn't have to learn how to talk to birds and train them. <laughs> no, God sent the birds and miracles happened. Instead of birds taking food from him, they gave it to him. That's supernatural. Amen? That's supernatural. And so God does the work for us, not through us when it comes to the gift of faith. Well, the working of miracles is the opposite of that. God is entrusting us with his strength, hallelujah, with an energy we don't normally have. It's the power of the Holy Spirit surging through our hands, our feet, our minds, causing us to do things or something that is not normal or natural to our behavior. That's the working of miracles. That's what it is. Hallelujah. It usually occurs in a split second. It usually occurs very quickly. Like uh, if someone uh, damages or fractures a limb, and, and we've seen this, fractures a limb, maybe they break their leg. And the doctor says six to eight week recovery time, and maybe you might have to stay in a cast longer. And then uh, they are in, in, in a place where the working of miracles manifests, and that is healed right away. The fracture is, is the, the, the bone heals, and the doctors are like, uh, what did you do? It's, it's not a normal thing. It, it goes beyond what our natural mind can conceive and what we can do in the natural. It just accelerates the healing process because it's going to heal. The leg is going to heal. If you break your leg, right, it's going to heal, but it's going to take time. God doesn't have time. He's not on our timetable. So he shows up and accelerates that healing process, and that happens instantly. That's, that's the working of miracles. And it's, it's a miracle only in our own understanding. It's not a miracle to God. <laughs> no, he's omnipotent. Remember that? So he can do, he has unlimited power, and he is able to do anything. It's a miracle to us. That's just normal for God. <laughs> normal for him. A supernatural occurrence is called a miracle because it is beyond our natural comprehension. Beyond what we can understand. We don't understand how a fractured leg that the doctor said will take six to eight weeks to heal gets healed immediately. It's beyond human comprehension, but it happens a lot. It happens. The working of miracles is not the same kind of miracle we talk about when we talk about miracle drugs. <laughs> Ever hear that? Oh, it's a miracle drug. Yeah. <laughs> or when we see a beautiful sunrise and we say, that's a miracle. Well, the sun is doing what it's supposed to do. It is a miracle what the sun does because God made it, but that's not the kind of miracle we're talking about. You get that? That It's the working of miracles that we're talking about. So we're going to look at some examples uh, in the Bible. There's, uh, there's not a lot you can say about what a working a miracle is not <laughs> and what it is, you know, like we've taken the time. So we're just going to look at what the Bible says and give some examples. There are a number of examples, more in the old, in terms of... Um, the working of miracles, we see the gifts of healings a lot in the new, uh, but there's, uh, there's tons throughout the Bible. God delivered the Israelites from Egypt by the working of miracles. 
We saw that last week. We saw when they, uh, Moses and Aaron, when they threw down the rod, that was the gift of faith. He didn't have to do anything but receive. He threw that down. Aaron threw it down. Moses was like, throw it down. Go ahead, throw it down. And so he did, and what happened? We know what happened. They left. They were the only ones that left with the staff because the other one ate all the other ones, right? So uh, that's the working of miracles. We saw um, there are uh, the gifts of power, we said, often manifest together. So you see the gift of faith and then also the working of miracles together. That happens often. So we see um, Exodus chapter 8 and verse 16 in the New Living. 8.16 of Exodus, it says, So the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise your staff and strike the ground. The dust will turn into swarms of gnats. Another translation says lice. Lovely. Throughout the land of Egypt. All set. All set with that. So um, then how about the Red Sea parting? They get to the Red Sea. I don't know about you. I've gone to the beach. Never parted for me. Never. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Never, ever. But it parted for them. Working of miracles. The, another miracle was that it went back at the right time. That's, that's a miracle. It's a miracle to part and a miracle to come back on time. And, you know, the Moses story, the Ten Commandments, they show the last person, ah, you know, and it shows them, like, their things falling apart and, like, limping. I'm like, it says that there was not one feeble among them. They ran through that water. They ran through that water. And it was not one of those, but, you know, for theatrics sake and all that, you know, we have to have a climax here and the guy, oh, Pharaoh drowning and thing. Uh, you know, yes, he drowned in the sea. But I'm thinking that they had a long, you know, they had some time. It wasn't like, oh, God, you're right on time. They, they, they got through okay. So uh, we got the working of miracles. Uh, that was a divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature because water does not go up. It, it, it does its thing down here, right? Uh, the gift of faith was also manifesting because it's one thing for the water to divide, but the gift of faith is necessary to keep it divided. As they're walking through, that would be me. I'd be like, mm, mm. <laughs> thinking, is this coming back down? You know. But the gift of faith is uh, supernatural faith. Supernatural faith, okay. And so um, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9 to 14 in the New Living New Living Translation says, 2 Kings 2, verse 9 to 14. When they came to the other side, this is Elijah, Elijah and Elijah. Elijah said to Elijah, tell me what I can do for you because before I am taken away. And Elijah replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. It makes sense. They have almost the same name. My goodness. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. Wow. It drove between the two men, separating them. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elijah saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elijah tore his clothes in distress. 13, Elijah picked up Elijah's cloak or his coat, just an ordinary coat, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elijah returned to the bank of the Jordan. Verse 14, he struck the water with Elijah's coat and cried out, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elijah went across. Elijah went to heaven in a chariot in a whirlwind. I think that might be a miracle. 
And then Elijah took Elijah's coat. That was heaven's Uber, just so you know. So that's a miracle. And then Elijah took Elijah's coat, and when he struck the water with it, it divided. It divided. Guess he didn't feel like swimming that day or walking a long way around it. Or, or, or he saw Elijah do this just a few minutes before. When they were going there, Elijah did that. And so that could be him testing it out. I asked for this. Let's see if I got it. But do you know something interesting about Elijah? Now, I've been studying Elijah and Elijah as it pertains to leadership because there's so many leadership lessons between the two of them. Remember, he told him, if you're with me and you see it, you'll get it. If you don't, you won't. He had an opportunity to go, and everybody told him. Every town they went to, they told him, he's, he's going to be going today. Why are you even hanging around with him? But someone who is being mentored for leadership knows they stick close to the leader. They stick close. I'm being mentored by God. I'm going to stick close to him. And so then, uh, after he did that, he tested the water. Do you know it was about 10 years after he did that with Elijah's coat that God started to use him? 10 years. This happened to him. He was his successor, but nothing happened through Elijah, Elijah for 10 years. How much opportunity did he have to question the call on his life? How much opportunity did he have to go, let me go back to my father and to those cattle and to all that that I was doing, the farming? Because they were very well-to-do, Elijah's family was. And so I just thought that was very interesting that it took 10 years. Now he struck the water, and that was the last until 10 years, 10 years later, then God, he was ready to be used. But what did he do during those 10 years? He was faithful in what he was doing. He was faithful. Hallelujah. Side note, okay, so uh, here's an unusual one, the working of miracles manifested through an animal. Love this story. <laughs> you remember the story of Balaam, who was a prophet, <laughs> and King Balak, who was going to pay, to, uh, Balak was going to pay, uh, uh, Balak, Balak and Balaam. Balak was going to pay, he was the king, Balaam to curse the Israelites, okay? We all know that God has blessed Israel. And so God's like, you can't curse what I've blessed. And so Balaam's like, okay, fine, I can't go with you. So King Balak said, oh, you can't? So he sent more people with more money. Tell him, I'll pay him whatever he wants and do whatever he wants if he'll come and just curse Israel. I just need him to curse. He was a prophet, Balaam was. And so he was well known. And so he said, okay, fine. So he started going. He started going down the road on his little donkey. And so the donkey saw something in the road. <laughs> he saw a big angel with the sword ready to cut off Balaam's head. And so the donkey's like, yeah, yeah, you know, going the other direction. And he's like whipping him. He's beating him. Imagine coming up on this little scene while you're on your little donkey. <laughs> and you're seeing, what's going on over here? You don't see anything, but you see this donkey just acting crazy. Mm. He doesn't know how to take care of his donkey. Look at my donkey stays on the road. Well, little did he know, there's an angel there ready to cut off Balaam's head because Balaam's disobeying God. And so he keeps, continues. Three times he started going and he beat him, and finally the donkey had it. He's like, uh-uh, not today, Balaam. So he went against the wall and crushed him against the wall, and so he got off and he started to beat him, and the donkey's mouth was open and started to talk. 
Imagine. Imagine. Wait a minute. Their donkey's talking. <laughs> That's the working of miracles. <laughs> has any of has your dog ever talked to you? <laughs> I love Kingsley, but he's never said hi to me. And said so he licks me to death, but he don't, you know. But I'm like, oh, what? So he started talking. He said, why are you beating me? <laughs> I love how Dayton does it. Bang up, why are you beat me these three times? Like a country accent, you know, southern accent. I wonder how the donkey sounded. And so said, you know, I was trying to save your life. And then his eyes were open. Balaam's eyes were open. And he saw that big old angel with the sword ready to get him. If he had gone any further, Balaam would have been dead right there. The story would have ended. But he saved him. God intervened. That goes beyond ordinary function, doesn't it? Working of miracles. Working of miracles right there. And so, uh, and Israel was saved uh, because uh, he didn't. He had to bless them. And so a lot of things came out of that story, but it was the working of miracles. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, uh, let's go to, we have a few minutes here. Glory to God. I was going to read that verse. If, the story, if you want to read it, is in Numbers chapter 22. You can read it there. <clears throat> How about David? Before he became king, remember, he slew a lion and a bear with his bare hands. That's not the gift of faith because he had to do something. The gift of faith would have been like Daniel in the lion's den. He also had to run in with some lions. We talked about him last week. But he didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to work. He didn't have to do. He rested. And when they opened up that, uh, you know, where he was, that cave in the, in the morning, he was not worn out. <laughs> he was well rested and went to work. Well, David, the opposite happened with him. He killed the lion and the bear with his bare hands. God gave him supernatural strength to do that. The working of miracles. And then he did the same thing to Goliath. Hallelujah. So, uh, in the New Testament, we see Jesus operating in the working of miracles on a number of occasions, uh, including his first miracle. You'll find that in John chapter 2 and verse 1 to 11. The law of nature was affected, and the water was fermented quicker than it normally would be. <laughs> and so they had wine. They had wine. We also see what we mentioned this morning, five loaves and two fish. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus fed over 5,000, and then at one time 12,000, with five loaves and two fish, working of miracles. And had some left over. The working of miracles also functioned through the apostles. Paul, we see it in Acts chapter 19, and we'll read that. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12 in the New Living. It said, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles, Acts 19, 11, and 12. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Amazing. Praise God for the working of miracles today. Now, I'll finish up with this. I want to read this to you today. This is from Lester Summerall's book. And this is a story he said uh, that he saw happen. 
He said, once while in Java, we went to a village in which everyone, including the mayor, was a Christian. We found that it was a city of refuge. If a person was persecuted in some other village, he can go there and live in peace and security. In fact, most of the people living there were refugees who had come seeking escape from persecution. It had all begun with a Dutch girl who was very innocently, who had very innocently had gone to this place to preach. After a few days of listening to her preach, the witch doctor came to her and told her to leave. When she refused to go, he explained what he wanted. He said, I want everything you have. She laid hands on him and he received the infilling. Oh, hold on. I'm like, wait, that's the wrong story. Her out of the village. He wanted her out of the village. I am the witch doctor here and I was here first. It is not proper for two of us to be in the same territory. He gets that. The girl told him, no, I'm not leaving, and I'm not into witchcraft as you are. I'm serving the living God who is in heaven. I know nothing about that, the man answered. I uh, have heard you talking about miracles, and I am in charge of such things here. That is my job, so you will have to go. When the young lady refused, the witch doctor challenged her to a public contest with the understanding that the loser must pack up and leave. You have got to know who you are in Christ to do this. But this girl didn't even realize this. The girl agreed, not really knowing what she was getting into. A public contest between the two was set to take place three days later. The girl did not know that the witch doctor was planning to spend those three days fasting and praying to the devil, which he did. She went about her usual business without much thought about what she was facing. They met together for the contest on a platform before the whole village the witch doctor versus the lady missionary. The witch doctor announced to the crowd that they were about to have a showdown to decide who was to stay and who was to leave. The village would belong to the strongest power. The girl agreed, still not really knowing <laughs> what the doctor had in mind. Do you want to go first, he asked. No, she answered. You go ahead. That was a mistake. He laid down on the wood floor, and within one minute, his whole body became as stiff as dead. It gravitated floating about ankle high. <laughs> when it reached knee high, it just rested there. His eyes were closed. His body was straight as a board. Needless to say, the girl was scared. There she was, a simple missionary girl talking about Jesus, and here was a witch doctor floating knee high from the ground. She thought, well, Lord, it looks like I may be leaving town. As she was standing there looking at the man, she prayed, Lord, what should I do? I came here to preach. The Lord answered, get him down. <laughs> but Lord, how can I do that? Knock him down. Lord, how should I knock him down? Put your foot on him. So that little woman walked over to the floating witch doctor, placed her foot on his stomach, pushed him down to the floor, and then the Lord said, tell that unclean spirit to come out. She screamed, come out of him, you unclean spirit. The witch doctor went into a convulsion, then woke up. The first thing he said is, where am I? He had become so full of the devil that he had no idea where he was or how he got there. The missionary said to him, all these people came to see who is the most powerful. Now are you ready to receive Jesus as Lord? Yes, he answered. She led him in the sinner's prayer, and he gave his heart to Jesus. Then she asked, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? 
He said, I want everything you have. So she laid his hands on him. He received the infilling of the spirit. After the meeting, he said, I don't want you to leave. So she said, all right, let's have our own city. So he told her, you be the top administrator and I will be the mayor. Together, they chose the rest of the organization for the city. Our party stayed there for several days and it was one of the happiest communities I have ever seen. That witch doctor floated. That was a work in a miracles, but she got him down. <laughs> the power of God. The power of God is greater because if the power of the devil was greater, she would have never been able to get him down. But she did. The power of God within us is greater than he that is in the world. Amen? Glory to God. Howard Carter said this. He said, the working of miracles is a very important manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's the mighty manifestation of the Spirit. It's the mighty power of God flowing through a person. It's a mighty gift glorifying the God of all power. It will stimulate the faith of God's people and astonish and confuse the unbelief of the world. We need this gift to manifest yeah. in this time that we are living. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. Well, we got through it. Hallelujah. Didn't read a few scriptures. I gave you some, you know, passages. We were going to read them, but that's okay. That's all right. You can read it when you get home. God's word is filled with wonderful uh, events and accounts. And I, 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 I kind of pause when I say stories, because sometimes when you say stories, you think of something that's not real. But they are very real. The word of God is very real, and everything we read in the word is real and true. Amen? And so as we go from here today, I just admonish you to get in the word and do the word. Amen? Amen. We get in the word, and we do the word, and we receive everything that God has for us. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for this time that we've had together this morning. We are strengthened by your word. We are strengthened by your power. We are strengthened in our time that we spend in your presence. We are renewed. And I thank you, Father, that you are speaking to hearts and that you will continue to speak to us as we go forth from here. We thank you for everything that's accomplished up here in this service and everything that's accomplished with our children today. We give honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. For those who joined us online, we love you, we appreciate you, and we'll see you very soon. Those in the house, thank you for coming out today. God bless you. Have a